Hi, Vaulters. We are back in the video vault. This is JB. Hey, this is Eddie. And um, we are back from what was an epic WrestleMania weekend, week, I mean, what are we calling it now? Ah, uh, month. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> Longest four days ever. Yeah. Yeah, we, had, we flew back to New York tonight, because uh, you guys are going to be hearing this Thursday morning. We got back to my apartment about two and a half hours ago. Yes. Yeah, after a long uh, car ride home. Yes. Uh, it was a lot colder in New York than I thought it would be. Yeah. Oh, well, but it was a fun week. Yeah. Sorry, guys. My voice is gone. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a wonder I have a voice left at all. Because yeah. so, so much screaming. Oh, it was bad. All right. So this is our uh, WrestleMania wrap-up show. Yeah. Because uh, we couldn't do it in New Orleans because we were out late so much. Yeah. So we just had, just had so much going on. It was a yeah. Before we get into the matches of uh, you know Takeover uh, WrestleMania and like the respective Raw and SmackDowns, it was just such a great week because you have so many wrestling fans in the same space. I mean, we, there, we went to this bar called the Swamp. When that was he, so fun. Yeah, Noel Foley, uh, the daughter of Mick Foley, and her boyfriend Frank the Clown showed up. Um, um, he, he also yeah. uh, so did Brock Lesnar guy. Brock Lesnar guy, yes. So a lot of is he is he like some famous online guy? Brock Lesnar guy? Yeah, he's a famous on Twitter. Uh, yeah, he, you don't because you know who he is. Uh, no, you don't know Brock Lesnar guy. No. Oh, Brock Lesnar guy. So Brock Lesnar guy is famous for being um, when Brock Lesnar returned um, at, at the Raw after Mania uh, twenty eight or twenty seven. Um, he this guy. Oh yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. He's like, he's just like he he was like the camera caught him in the front row and he was just like yeah, and okay. then it became like a popular <laughs> shot because it was like became intrinsically it became connected yeah. to Brock Lesnar returning because it was like Brock came back and then literally it was you know Brock this is like blah thing right yeah. they then cut over to the guy doing it and then they went back to Brock so you can't not watch Brock Lesnar's return to WWE without seeing that guy <laughs> so he became very famous and he's well known for and he's like a Twitter personality oh, uh, the same thing with my friend Alex uh, she was like the Ronda Rousey girl face I right. Ronda Rousey face girl we, we gotta get her on the podcast yeah I asked her I asked her if she wanted to do it sometime I think maybe after Money in the Bank would probably be a good idea yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll have her on the uh, SummerSlam show probably uh, well, I mean, you know, Money Bank's first, though. I mean, no, yeah. I'll, I'll ask her. Well, we, well, we, I know you, you said after Money in the Bank. Oh, I meant, oh, sorry, oh, you meant like the after bank, the actual like, show. Okay, yeah, yeah, like, that's what I meant. Yeah, but, oh, God, but just that, that particular night, this, this was uh, the, the night after the Raw of WrestleMania, which we'll, get in, which we'll get into later on in the show, but, oh, God, the, this one bar, they were just playing wrestling theme songs, letting people get on stage, cut promos. Uh, you did a great New Day promo. I did Chris Jericho, put two people on the list. Yeah, it was fun. It, I, uh, it was a fun time. Yeah, I just pretended to be all three members of the New Day. Uh, did the trombone noise roll I did the trombone. I was like, burp, 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 burp. And people were like, yeah, you did the trombone too. And then <laughs> a lot of people were like, you did a great job. Our friend Nick uh, was told that he looked like Daniel Bryan, so he just started just kicking everybody a lot. That was a lot of fun. It was it was good. Very cool. tired. Lots. Of, we didn't really sleep that much. Yeah. Uh, you had to be you had up at eight on Monday. Yeah. Um, well, I, well. Um, Sunday after WrestleMania, I went. Um, I uh, went back to the hotel. I went yeah, back to the hotel early. Yeah, you probably got to sleep at like two in the morning. Um, yeah, like two, like two, two thirty, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do it? Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I wasn't feeling one hundred percent that night. Anyway, uh, let's get right into it. So you and so it started out. Eddie and I flew down to WrestleMania on Saturday, landed in New Orleans around four thirty in the afternoon local time, and. Like a bad of hell, got the car to the hotel, 
dropped the bags off. Eddie took a shower. Then we got in another car right back to the Smoothie King Center for NXT TakeOver New Orleans. <sighs> Holy crap, what a show. Amazing show. So much fun. I mean, NXT just continues to raise the bar. Now, now they, they did the right move in kicking off with the ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. You had EC3, Killian Dane. Lars Sullivan, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream, and Adam Cole. Bang, uh, I gotta tell you, really, it was off the bat. Just another, <clears throat> just you know, you saying this makes me think. I, I have had a thought for a while. I think NXT needs to have a bad show at some point because it's like you can continue having great shows, but like at a certain point, the bar gets so high that someone will literally die doing this because this ladder match was amazing, but it's just like. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Lightmatch, but Lightmatch was too good. And it's like, I mean, this is like, a, I mean, me complaining about something being this good, but it's just like, I, I thought the same way with like the Aleister Black Adam Cole match at uh, the last takeover, or in Philly. Was that the last takeover? Or the last takeover? Yeah, it was, um, t- uh, takeover Philly was Adam Cole and Aleister Black in the Extreme Rules match. Yeah, I love that match. Um, there are just certain spots where I'm just like, yo, you're only doing this spot because everything is going to be so good. And it's just like, Man, this isn't even like the World Heavyweight Championship. This is just a one-off that y'all are doing. Same with this match. It's like, oh, Kirley and Dane and Lars Sullivan are trying to like outshine each other, but it's like, yo, you're not even gonna win this match. On top of that, I mean, it's just really, it's really a testament to how good NXT is that they're willing to outshine each other. Like everybody wants to be the best on the card, right? But I just get, I do get a little worried for them, for all the wrestlers in NXT because. I mean, luckily, on the positive side, the takeover's not every month. Yeah. It's good. But on the other side, it's like they will pull off some really dangerous uh, spots. And I think they need to just have, like, one show where they can just go, okay, we can kind of reset, we can kind of lower the bar ourselves a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's just it. Because this was such a great show, I just get very worried for a lot of these guys. But that being said, they're trained professionals, and that's what they do. And they and they take pride in all their work. So yeah, and and in this is me being legitimately concerned with their health because this match, there were moments where I was like, "You're really gonna die." Yeah, I mean, you're you're gonna have that with any ladder match, just because you have at, you have Ricochet, who's probably the best high flyer in the business right now. Yeah, it's either him or Osprey. Yeah, um, it, yeah. I mean, flip a coin. Lars Sullivan, who's flip a Gordon. I'm sorry, what? Flip it, Gordon. Yeah. You got... Jeez. <laughs> he got it. Yeah. Um, this well, guy. Yeah, Lars Sullivan, who's a great big guy, and he's just terrifying to watch at times. Big he, hands. Yeah. Yeah, oh, God. Make, make Stro- Braun Strowman's hands look look like um, something small. I can't, that, that's, how, that's how big his hands are. I can't even think of something to compare him to. Uh, Killian Dane, who for a big guy moves great. I mean, he's, I mean, he's kind of like Samoa Joe in a way, where he, he he'll jump around and take some crazy bumps. That's a good question. Is Joe bigger or Killian Dane? I think Dane is bigger. I'll just look yeah, at Dane. Yeah, hold on. I got it right here. No. Dane is six four three twenty two. That's his build height. I got this. I got, I got Joe. You got Joe. All right. So we got six four three hundred twenty two. Joe is six two two eighty two. All right, so, so Daniel so is uh, definitely bigger. Uh, but also in this match, EC3 rocking like the 1%. Uh, Velveteen Dream, who I can't find enough good things to say about him. His, he's, his, he started a face run after like a great heel run against Aleister Black, but now that they're turning him babyface, he's, he's still a little rough on the mic, but in terms of just action, in terms of getting, getting himself over, he's great, and Adam Cole is Adam Cole. We're, we're saying he's rough on the mic. We're really just basing it off. I mean, I'm just going to – yeah, the promos into it were, were rough. But, like, oh, sorry. No, no, we're not. Sorry. 
Um, uh, just woke somebody up. That's uh, our bad. So it's tough because uh, just as one promo that he had going into the thing, it was just like one of those behind the scenes cell phone things. I just don't think he had the space to really work. Either way, it he was needs a, a lot of space. He's one of those guys that like it just needs a lot of work, like a lot of space to work. Yeah. Either way, it was a phenomenal match to open the show. We're recording this back in my apartment. People are walking around. It's it's cool. Um, sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> Where people are going to unsubscribe. I'm the worst. Eddie, you want to punch me in the face? No. Just keep going. Yeah. But great match. Phenomenal spots all around. I mean, Adam Cole eventually going over, which I don't think any of us saw. Because, wait, hold on. You, you picked Dream. I picked Dream. And I picked DC3. And Caleb picked, I believe, Ricochet. Yeah, he did. Now, the reason, I mean... I oh, no, no, no. He also picked DC3. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, I, I, the only reason I said... So, <clears throat> Adam Cole coming around was a shocker to me personally because I I knew... I Okay, so I will say this. I believe that Adam Cole, one, deserves it 100%, and two, I thought would get it until the Bobby Fish injury happened. Then I thought there's no way that they would put a double title on Adam Cole. That yeah. being said, and we'll get into the next match, we'll, we'll talk about... We'll get, we'll get to the We'll get to that titles, later. Yeah. But um, they addressed that perfectly. So, you know, I just was, I just thought to myself, well, because Bobby Fish is injured, Adam Cole will just regulate himself to being Kyle Riley's tag team partner, and then he can put the gold on someone else. However, yes, Adam Cole deserves it, and he did it completely clean, and he did it in an absolutely phenomenal match. This was exactly what he needed to pop off and uh, really be t- the Undisputed Era, really um, are the most, uh, are now the most dominant faction probably in the WWE um, because of this one victory. I, I mean, with, I well, think it, I forget whether it was you or um, or our friend Nick who said down New Orleans that they're kind of like the new um, the new uh, New World Order in a way. Um, I did, but that's mostly because um, well, they're an invasion angle, and their theme song is literally CFO Cash Money's um, riff the- on the NWO theme because it's the same exact like. The shock the system is the NWO. And then the shock system is a shock the system. It's like that wah-wah pedal kind of like voice in the beginning. And then Kyle Shades of Jimi Hendrix. Kyle O'Reilly comes out playing the title just like Hulk Hogan did. So they are... In essence, and they're also an invasion because they were they're Ring of Honor guys who are yeah. getting the, the WWE. And I mentioned I mentioned to Josh earlier, Ring of Honor is NXT's big a NXT. I don't think Ring of Honor is trying to compete with WWE, but they're trying to compete with at least NXT. Yeah, because a lot a lot of guys in WWE are former Ring of Honor guys because you know Shinsuke Nakamura had a brief run there. Kevin, Kevin Owens, Owens, Sami Zayn, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan basically was the first trainer of Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's the, the Undisputed Era is, is supposed to be, like, a, a good version of the NWO. I mean, not the NWO, sorry, a good an NXT version of NWO, which is smart. You know, it's okay to rehash that. Bullet Club is also the NWO, but in, like, a different way. Um, because Bullet Club, I, I guess they're both similar. Actually, I would love to see, like, the Undisputed Era go up against, uh... Go! I would like see. Uh, I would love to see that because Adam Cole does have some unfinished business with the Bullet Club. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But either way, um, 
excellent match to open the show. Crowd was really into it. I mean, yeah. my, my, my voice was gone by the by this. Match. Yeah, we. This is the first thing we saw. We really saw because you know we saw today's NXT as well, which has already aired, so we can say that we saw that. Yeah, so War Machine debut. I'm War sorry, the War, the War Raiders. No, they will always so dumb. The War Machine to me. Yeah. Um, they we saw the War Machine. You know, we saw Kyrie Sane go over Lathan. but like this was the first like real big thing, and it. Was a great way to start the weekend. Lost my, you know, and this was like, oh, the voice has come before us. The mini even started. So, um, yeah, I mean, solid for, I would say, four and three quarters just because everything else after, like, it was, we all, I think the story didn't really exist, and that's really it. Plus, that being said, everything else afterwards is just like, I gotta start. Like, I'm, everything else is gonna beat this. I'm gonna give this a five, give this match five stars. Just, okay. just because, say you. That's right. Yeah. I just uh, I'm gonna give this give this match give this match five stars just because everyone had their time in the spotlight. Ricochet had some crazy maneuvers. Everyone took some crazy bumps. Velveteen Dream did I think three or four elbow drops in a row off the top of the ladder. No, he killed it. Yeah, um, excellent match. Followed by um, for the NXT Women's Championship, Ember Moon against Shayna Baszler. Uh, you you and I both picked Ember Moon, didn't we? I believe so. I definitely picked Ember Moon. I'm very upset by this, but I also understand it. It's it's like it's fine. Yeah. But like I just I'm not a Shayna Baszler person. Because um, this also they're definitely better. I think if anything, Kyrie Zane should have been the one to throw. Because the thing about the thing about NXT is they can build a good babyface versus babyface storyline. Yeah, they can. They're so good at it. Um, they could have just had hey, she's the young classic winner, and Ember Moon is the face of the. Women's Division and XT, and they could have just had a great match. Instead, they had a psychological match with, Gre- with Shayna Baszler, who's still very green. And on top of that, I'm not a particularly big fan of the idea of MMA fighters just coming into WWE whenever they want to and just crushing talent. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about that when we were down in New Orleans, because I, I also just realized this is the second time in less than a year that Ember Moon has lost a championship match by submission, because Asuka tapped her out of TakeOver oh, Brooklyn. Yeah, Ember Moon really has it. Amber Moon won two matches as... Well, first she won the Women's Championship in a Fatal 4-Way after she couldn't beat the current champion. This is why I just, I'm so pissed off about the Amber Moon thing, I think. Amber Moon should have won at SummerSlam, but she didn't. Which is fine, because it leads into WrestleMania. We'll talk more about that later. Yeah. Um, and also, she won the Fatal 4-Way against K- Kyrie Sane, Nikki Cross, Peyton... Peyton Royce, but yeah. it was kind of like, okay, foregone collusion. Unless Kyrie Sane would have won. I think it was either Kyrie Sane or Ember Moon, which you talked about. Yeah. And then she beats Shayna Baszler by roll-up. It's like, yeah. Ember, you have the most devastating finisher in the WWE at the moment, and you just can't be really... I, I really pray that she is traded way better on the main roster which than in NXT, because a lot of NXT women's champions were treated like dominant forces, and I feel like Ember Moon is probably the weakest women's champion that they've had, and it really makes me sad. And I don't mean that in, like, a disrespectful way. I mean, the book, because she's an amazing super wrestler. She's an amazing person. Uh, she's so good. She could have literally ran that division for another, like, six months. Uh, I was particularly bummed that she lost that she lost the title because, like you said, she won it in Houston at Survivor Series. I felt like she had just gotten the title. She's over as can be. It wasn't even a... She hasn't even... Like, Bailey held it from some... From... NXT Brooklyn to NXT Brooklyn 2. Asuka held it from NXT Brooklyn 2 to NXT Brooklyn 3, yeah. which then she lost it. Uh, Ember Moon held it from 
NXT Houston to for Ember Moon held that title from November to December, December to January, January to February, February to March, March to April. About five months. I don't think that's really cool. I don't know. Yeah. Something about it just felt very wrong to me. I didn't like it. Um, and I really hope she just does really well. But as of now, she just it's just like she's such a great competitor, and I guess like we really do deserve. I guess really the main thing is Ember Moon held down that division when there was nobody. And now there's yeah. a huge influx, and they probably just are like, let's do it. But I think she could have led that influx of talents as opposed to... Because right now, with, with, with Shayna Baszler having the title, because the most obvious obvious talent to take the belt off of her is Kyrie Sane. Either Kyrie Sane or Dakota Kai. I think Dakota Kai is probably also the I think one. the best thing you can do with Shayna Baszler right now, because because if you want to get her over as maybe the top the top women's heel in NXT, oh, she's got to run that shit. For she's got she's got to hold the belt for a minimum of a year. I would give her at, at least until the Rumble. Mm, I mean, I don't want her to hold it to the Rumble, though, because I don't think she really is you, that amazing. You, you need to have her go, th- like, run through all the baby faces, and finally she'll come out and cut a promo and say, oh, nobody can touch me. Then Kyrie Sink comes out and says, hi, remember, I beat you in the Mayon Classic. I got out of your rear naked choke and killed you with an elbow. Yeah, the other only other person I could say, the reason why I said Dakota Kai is because Dakota Kai has had a really great storyline with Shayna Baszler where she's just afraid of Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. She's beating her up. And I think it would be nice to have her, like, come out and be like, I'm tired of you picking on me, and then, like, step up. So there's a little thing on the bottom of your table. That's what I'm kicking. Um, And I think that's uh, what is also a good story. Like, there's two good stories there. I just wish there were more. I mean, if there's one thing NXT does well, it's tell stories. But I was more psyched to see Ember Moon versus... Kyrie saying that it was about Shayna Baszler, and to be real, like let's be real, Ember Moon again didn't really make it through her first opponent, so it's kind of annoying. At least with like a guy like Drew McIntyre who lost it immediately, you're like, yeah, but I mean, Drew's Drew, Drew's fine. Ember Moon yeah. like struggled to get over. Everybody well, Drew, well, Drew also might have been injured in that match. Well, yeah, but he was already supposed to drop title, barely. Okay, he was already supposed to drop that. Um, and that's what I've heard. So, I mean, you know, just... Uh, sorry, let's just move on. Uh, we're talking yeah. a lot about this. I think at this point, everybody's heard all of my opinions on this. Yeah. I, I wish everyone all the best, and I really miss her. I'm going to miss her a lot yeah. in NXT. Yeah, moving on, we got the triple threat tag team match for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Love this match. And also the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Oh, by the way, uh, everyone versus Shane Baszler, four and three quarters. Still a great match. Just... Okay. I'll give it a... I'll give it four stars. All right. Um, yeah, tag team match. Great tag team. Loved, loved. We've got Undisputed Era. we got Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole pulling double duty after winning the North American Championship in the um, in the latter match. you got Authors of Pain. And uh, the team that I was pulling for from the get-go, Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. Now, Authors of Pain, we knew they weren't winning this match because they... We they said, get the call-up. Yeah, they're getting the call-up. They debuted on Raw on Monday. Boom. Perfect. Yes. Um... Undisputed Era, they're already the tag championships, but Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong, they kind of came out of nowhere after Mustache Mountain went down. Yeah. Pete Dunne's the UK championship, the bruiserweight, and, Ro- and Roddy Strong, who's so popular with the fans, in one of the biggest swerves of the night, probably the swerve of the night. Swerve of the weekend. Yeah. Roddy Strong turns heel and joins the Undisputed Era. Yes. Uh, great. I'm not going to say I called it, but I called it. If you look, guys, if you look back, I'm not going to call it and I'll say I called it this time. I mean, okay. If you look back at our previous podcast, you'll, especially the War Games one, 
I specifically said Roddy Strong is going to betray the Office of Pain because he has more of a connection to the Undisputed Era than anybody else on the caster because he was considered to be one of the Ring of Honor guys. And as we mentioned before, Undisputed Era is Ring of Honor Invasion. So who better to basically either A, lead or join than Roddy Strong? Now, a lot of people thought that was going to happen at some point anyway. Um, It was a great swerve, especially because the build to them being... The, um, you know, Pete Dunne and Roddy Strong winning is amazing. It was amazing. Uh, I knew that they weren't going to win, though, because I always knew the Undisputed Era was going to win. reason why is because when we mentioned it, Caleb, uh, you, the three of us mentioned at the last podcast, uh, I'm sorry if I sound a little arrogant. I'm not trying to. It's just we said Pete Dunne is the only one of those guys, aside, that, aside from the Undisputed Era, that are probably going to be sticking around. Roddy Strong, we conjectured, was going to go to 205 Live. So... Who wasn't going to be at uh, an X team much longer? I was going to call it. The only three of those, the only one of those teams that were going to remain was the Speed Area. So smart move, put them all in there, right? Roddy Strong turning was great because Mustache Mountain were the ones that were not allowed, were were not were kind of taken out, and Roddy Strong came in, right? And Mustache Mountain has its beef with the Speed Area, and they've been trying to recruit Pete Dunn for a while mm-hmm. to join them to face off against the Speed Area, and Pete Dunn's just been like, "Fuck off." Yeah, and, now he's and Roddy Strong's had the eye on the UK championship as well. Yeah, so now we have the UK champion and must and Mustache Mountain versus the two tag champions in the Undisputed Era and the North American champion. So we could have a great UK. We could have a unification match. Yep. We could have all Roddy Strong taking it when Bobby Fish comes on. Now we have four champions. Yep. Which then leads the question of: Will there be a female member of the Undisputed Era, and will there be another member added so that way we can have Adam Cole get the? So I think by the end of this year we will have five members of the Undisputed Era as a pure on stable that will have literally every single. The time. Undisputed Era is one of is probably the best thing to happen to NXT in the in the last year or so. Just because Adam Cole can, I mean, shades of Shawn Michaels, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are two of the most talented Indian competitors that I've seen. Roddy Strong is one of the best competitors that you'll run into. So much heart. So much heart. And now that you've made him heal, you can give him personality. And that's what he needs. He needs uh, personality. Yeah, because like the, the, the Roddy Strong heel turn, it's almost reminiscent of when Seth Rollins turned on the shield. Yeah, Doug Rollins was not a personality when he was in the Shield. He had a he, little he, bit. He wasn't, a, he wasn't a personality, but he had a lot of charisma because of, of his in-ring maneuvers. Yeah, and also you put Roddy Strong with Adam Cole, they will riff. Yeah. Either way, it was the moment of the night. I could not have, it could not have enjoyed this match more. It was so fast, it, it, Yeah, it, we were it, watching, and the audience didn't even catch it at first because we were, I saw it happen, and then I looked at Josh, and Josh was like, Josh was on his phone for a second, like, looking no, at No, no, I, I was talking to the guy sitting next to you. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, Josh, did you see that? And he's like, what? I was like, right, Sean, just turn on Pete Dunne. And we both looked, and we both looked at each other, and we had our mouths open, and we looked again. And then when he hits that backbreaker, the entire audience, like, went, like, the audience went silent and then realized what had taken place. And then they just exploded. That's an, that's what's called, that's a swerve. This was only, a, like, it was just over 11 and a half minutes long. It did, it did not feel like that. No, it felt... It felt a long time. Excellent storytelling. Excellent storytelling. Uh, Adam Cole getting taken out in the beginning. The amazing selling of Kyle O'Reilly. So yeah, um, pretty great stuff. Uh, I would give that a five. I actually, really like because I also really like that storyline going into it. I'll, yeah, I'll give it a five star. I'll give it five stars as well. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty good stuff. So moving on to another. 
Yeah, this will be the match for the NXT Championship. Andrade Cien Almas against Aleister Black. Um, Andrade Almas and his manager, Zelina Vega, they threw everything they had. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at Aleister Black. But the man just kicked him right in the face, and we have a new NXT champion. Now, what's great about that is it didn't feel like he overcame the... Like, it didn't feel like... It didn't like yeah okay so he did overcome it but it wasn't like through pure strength it was through just amazing skill at the end it felt like it was pre-matched Zelina Vega was the one that got overzealous jumped on top of Andrade by accident when she meant to hit Alistair Black and he kicked him in the right Andrade right in the face causing him to knock over his it was like this moment of like oh she and people were just like you fucked up but like it wasn't like oh moment of like. It felt like a handicap match because there were a lot of moments. She hit two Huracanas on Alistair Black. Uh, there was a lot of distractions. There was a lot. She threw everything she had at him. It just felt like Alistair just needed... It didn't feel like Alistair overcame like a John Cena comeback. It just felt like he just ducked at the right moment. Yeah. And that's a great moment because it didn't feel like, oh, he overpowered her. Like he, bur- like he buried any of them. No, it was like they defeated each other. They defeated themselves. And a... Like Alistair defeated them, but they also goofed up too. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it was it was a, it was in great terms, in terms of the structure of the match is very typical. Okay, the baby face is getting is getting his ass handed to him, but then he overcomes it. Um, either way, he was the first one to ever kick out of Almas's uh, hammerlock DDT. Oh no, Gargano did it. Oh, he did. Gargano kicked out. Yeah, Gargano kicked out. It was great. Either way, it was a great match. I mean, the look on Black's face after he won, the crowd just exploded. Yeah, people really like. I mean, um, Alistair Black is really loved. While we're he- while we're here, I mean, what what's next for Alistair Black? Because I mean, who, who's next in line? Would you say? I don't know yet. Um, I mean, there will definitely be a rematch with Andrade. Yeah, um, which is why I think that. Um, EC three seems like he makes the most sense. EC three makes sense. I mean, you can also see like I see like Ricochet jumping to me. A dream? No, not maybe not dream. I'd wait on dream. Um, Dr- Sullivan. Dream? Yeah, dream is Sullivan. The- Dream is the last one who needs a belt right now. Yeah, Dream needs a good mid-card match. Like, just some another, like, good... Dream and Cole will be a great feud going forward. Yeah, Ricochet and Cole is those what I'm rooting for. Um, yeah. I think, um, also, uh, we'll probably see McIntyre go down for a second, because he didn't debut this time, so I think he'll come back and be like, oh, I need a rematch. And then he'll and then I am owed a rematch clause for the NXT championship. Yeah, he, never got his, he never got his rematch clause. Um, Tommaso Ciampa would probably be a good Let, one. Let's well. get right into Tommaso Ciampa because this was not just the match of the night. This was problem. This is so far the match of the year. Um, if uh, oh oh and um oh, yeah, and uh, NXT championship match black black and Almas. I'll give it. I'll give it four stars. Really? No, it did five. What are you talking about? I'm not going to give it five stars because, like, I while I while I enjoyed the match very much, it, it didn't feel special to me. Cause, I, cause I, I fe- really liked it. I really liked I it too. But it, but also, like, the guy next to me was really distracting me, and I still paid attention. He was like, I, he broke his seat in the middle. Of the Poor guy. Um, I really liked it a lot. I'm giving it a five. I think. First of all, I don't... Yeah, uh, I, I'm just going to give it a five. Okay, well, if you're going to give that match five stars, I'm going to give the unsanctioned match between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, I'm giving this six and a half stars. All right. Because they... 37 minutes... 37 minutes and six seconds long. If Gargano does not win the match, he is no he is no longer part of NXT. He cannot be reinstated to NXT. This was a match... 
over a year in the making, or almost a year in the making, because Ciampa tore his ACL at NXT TakeOver Chicago Yes, when they took on uh, Allers of Pain for the tag team titles. Uh, Shades of their Cruiserweight Classic match. Yes, there were a lot of great callbacks, which is great, uh, which is exactly what needed. There were callbacks. This is a rare example of a patient storyline. A lot of great callbacks, first of all. Um, Gargano, like, it, it also, like, told the story of Gargano finally getting... Like being able to move past his trouble, which like you know we've seen him just not being able to get the big one, right? Yeah. And the sh- the shadow of Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa can't seem to ever get it past Johnny Gargano. They both were just like we're gonna get past each other, and they couldn't. Um, Thirty seven minutes, callbacks galore, subtle vi- like violence, but also subtle violence. Like you'd think, oh, with uh, with an unsanctioned match, there's gonna be chairs everywhere. First of all, not a single damn chair. Uh, second of all. Uh, the spots of pure violence that were used, such as the power bomb onto the cement floor or the crutch, they were used in order to highlight, but it didn't, it never felt like, it never felt like, oh, that's just too much. Like, you know, it always felt like, oh, moment of violence, and then you can have a break. Yeah, know. just the, just the finish of the match, because he, he, uh, Lance Project Chomp on Gargano, there was so much back and forth, and finally... I, I sort of called the finish of the match because I said to you, like, at one point in the match, because Ciampa has been attacking Gargano with his crutch, there needs to be a spot where Gargano has a crutch and is ready to smack Ciampa with it, and Ciampa has to just beg for mercy. But instead, they, they had that very spot, but Ciampa, instead of begging for mercy, he just he just kind of looked at Gargano and was like, do it. I, I don't care anymore. Hit me. J- just get it over and done with. To where Gargano was like, I'm not gonna do it. Like we're friends. Like I don't. I don't, like even though we're having this match deep down, I don't want to hurt you. Um, and then Champa like rips off his knee brace, tries to get uh, Gargano with it. Um, he ducks it and then and then goes on to a submission hold where he uses the knee brace and the crutch against Champa, who taps out. Yeah. And because like I said to you, my only my only criticism of the match, I thought Champa tapped out too early. But the fact that the the match itself told such a great story, like almost a year's worth of pent up energy, we were waiting so long to see this match. Yeah, I think it's okay that Champa tapped early because he got him in an STF with his broken leg. Oh, his, his, his leg that was ripped to shreds throughout the match, and also he hit him in the Gargano escape first, and then switching yeah. over and actually attacking the knee, pretty great. Also, I love that they sit next to each other and just have a moment of just like this is pretty wild, huh? Like, yeah. we really, uh, we really beating each other up. Um, it's kind of like at the end of uh, Gangs of New York when Leo DiCaprio and Daniel Day-Lewis, they're both, like, exhausted. Day-Lewis is already wounded from a piece of shrapnel from the army getting involved, so even though they are they were trying to kill each other not long ago, in that moment they were able to just sort of sit across from each other and say, oh, look where this has gotten us. Yeah, they both have a moment of just, like, boy. You know, like, it's just like a moment of just, like, um... Uh, I mean, it's really hard to explain, but it's just like pure understanding. It's like the moment when, uh, in I'd say the closest example of this would be at the end of the Killing Joke, uh, the Batman Joker Killing Joke. Yes, yeah. uh, Adam, um, Alan Moore, uh, when they're both laughing in the rain, and you know that these two are just going to keep going at it, but there's just this moment of just like, it's like it, yeah, it, we it, used to be friends. It's like yeah, I know, right? It's pretty yeah. wild. And then the ter- but. You know, and it also allowed for you to, like, be like, oh, no, Johnny, like, you're going to get suckered in. But you kind of were like, this is a very sweet moment. So you're kind of like, you you are just as conflicted 
very much loved it. Uh, that match gets seven stars. Oh, by the way, uh, seven stars is the highest you can do. I'm sorry. We never exactly established how many stars we can. <laughs> no, uh, five stars high. This is a seven-star match. I loved every moment. I was excited about it. That's actually the only... Really, this match, I I wasn't going to get tickets to TakeOver. I needed to get tickets to TakeOver for this match, though. Anyway, let's move on to um, WrestleMania the next day. Uh, now, the Superdome, there's a great WrestleMania history inside this venue because of WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan finally going over and winning the winning the belt. Um, now, you and I went to WrestleMania last year in Orlando, and you and I have agreed, while the card for this year's WrestleMania was stronger compared to last year, last year's crowd was better. Just the atmosphere was better. Yeah, last year's crowd was better. I think it's because... Um I think, one, it was just, like, it was overwhelming. The thing, and also, two, it was in a dome. I don't think I liked the dome. I think the dome yeah. took away from it. The idea of, like, like it starts off a day. Like, the, something about Orlando, which is so beautiful, it starts off in the day, and then by the end of its night, when Undertaker comes out, when Undertaker came out, it was like, oh, the night sky is really helping out this exit, uh, this entrance. And um, it never felt like, it felt like, it, it, it just didn't feel, the dome is, it's very nice, but a little depressing, like, to look at. Because you're just, like, looking at it and you're like, oh, this is, Cool, but after a while, you're just like, I'm in a dome. After five hours, you're like, I'm inside still. I, th- I think it also didn't help because New Orleans, it's it's typically a very warm city this time of year. Yeah. So WrestleMania Day, it was cold and rainy and overcast, so I think yeah. they, they cranked the heat up in there when you got like 70,000 Oh, yeah, plus. it was also super hot in there. Final thing, um, I think, as opposed to 30, which is well known, there was only one story we were all really following in 30. So we could take our time to like it. The first match was Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, but everything else on that card, except for Brock Lesnar uh, beating Undertaker, is pretty like okay. But this match was like every this card was so stacked that by the time we even got to the first of all, I'm pretty sure a lot of us were also very tired from NXT Takeover to begin with. Yeah, that, that was an exhausting show. And Thirty had the privilege of not having to follow uh, Takeover, so yeah. you know we had this, we had we had WrestleMania, and every match was. Every match was great. I liked every match, but I just, like, I was tired during every match. I mean, some people are like, oh, this was a disappointing match. I'm just like, it was disappointing. Yeah, I was tired, but I wasn't disappointed. Like, I mean, I'll tell you right now, I like the AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura match a lot, but I was exhausted. Yeah. Also, this WrestleMania, stri- uh, this WrestleMania also uh, struggled to get to, for one reason, another reason, and that's Braun's partner. Because we all want to know who the bronze partner was, and they saved that reveal for the second to last moment of WrestleMania. They should have killed that mystery, so that way you don't spend the entire time wondering who bronze partner is going to be. It just goes to show, like when you when you have a car that's this stacked, there really isn't any right way to order it. No, but they could have. Like no, like put no, it ma- at least no matter a how you put the order, someone's going to be dissatisfied. They could have put it at least a little. If you're going to do something like that, you should have just put it at the very beginning of the card. So that way, if it doesn't work, you're just like, well, because you experimented with it. It's an experiment. You know, if it had been a return, it's like, all right, cool. But the longer you kept people in suspense, the more disappointing that was going to be. Yeah. And if they put that at the beginning of the match, we'd be like, all right, cool, that was fun. But because it was, like, right before the last match, we were like, why did I wait five hours to find out what this was? Exactly. Uh, let's get right to the card. They, they started off with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Um, I picked Big Cass to come back and win it. That didn't happen. Yeah, I picked Ziggler just because I was like, give him something. Because he lost his United States Championship for no reason. Hardy winning was my was great though. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know why. I didn't yeah, think Matt Hardy going over that was that was excellent with the, and with a returning Bray Wyatt. Loved it. 
Yeah. Great I mean, storyline yeah. they got going on. Great way to pop the crowd in the beginning. Yeah, best battle royale they've had in a while, and I feel like this one will actually lead to something. Because as of now, I mean, they are one they episode. They're two episodes away. They're two, literally two weeks away from winning the WWE jam- uh, Tag Team Championship. The Raw Tag Team Championship. Where, yeah, Raw. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. And, you know, just give Bray, as long as Bray Wyatt doesn't... Uh, Turn, which I don't think he will. No, nah, he won't. Because they, you know, I think they wanted why. I think Wyatt being a face is very liked. People like Wyatt as a face. Yeah, because like, because he, because with Hardy's gimmick and and Wyatt's, he can do it as a face because they because they could just riff on each other. Yeah, this will be C- a very, kind of like with Roddy Strong and Adam Cole. Yes, this will be a very fun. And you know, most people like feel kind of dead when they're faces. Like they get face naturally. Mm-hmm. Wyatt as a face was just like. Oh, this was supposed to happen years ago. I think... Yeah, why haven't we gone down this path yet? There was a moment when the Wyatt family saved Roman Reigns from a beatdown by the League of Nations, and everybody was like, yeah, thank you, Wyatt. I and, remember that, yeah. And then they just never talked about it again. They were like, Wyatt and Roman Reigns were like tag team. They were like good guys. And then it was just like, oh, okay, I guess not. I think that's the thing. Like, you know, give him this. Also, the story of Wyatt becoming a follower is a lot of fun. I don't know. Like, it feels refreshing. It does. And he's not under the influence of Sister Abigail anymore. Does he have to come up with a new name for his finishing move? I think so. But, you know, it's just like, Wyatt is a good face. It's a lot for... I think Wyatt also is, like, a personality. I think he's a very charismatic guy and a very... I think he's going to be very funny. I think that will make him, like... It's going to be like a mankind situation. Like, you'll see a very sweet man. Three faces of Wyatt. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but you'll see a great... Because I think... Whatever, Bray Wyatt's a very, very nice guy. And we're going to start seeing, like, a very, very nice very, like guy of Wyatt. And he's not going to be threatening ominous things. He's just going to be, like, kind of the same as Matt Hardy, which... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he'll be like, wonderful, yeah. It's <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, it's great. You know, I think Wyatt will really play into that very well. And I think he's goofy enough and committed enough to make that work. Yeah. And next uh, next on the pre-show card, the tournament final for the Cruiserweight Championship, Cedric Alexander against Mustafa Ali. Loved it. Yeah, because the, cruise, the Cruiserweight division uh, will say up until, I guess, around February was not good. Because Enzo Amore was getting Not boring. The, the the division itself had zero personality. Triple H takes over. Drake Maverick, a.k.a. Rockstar Spud, takes over as um, the on-air general manager. Cedric Alexander goes up against Mustafa Ali in a tournament final. And this match, like, it had the flippy shit. It had some great technical spots. They told a great story. It was, clear, it, was, it was clear. It was just two guys going in, tearing the house down, and the better man just won. Yeah, best friends too. Yeah, and they've and you know, uh, Mustafa Ali will get his this time in the sun. Every I think a lot of people really like Mustafa Ali. I think a lot of people also really like Cedric Alexander. So it was really hard to like you know go over. And I think these two will continue to wrestle each other. I think they're actually going to face each other at the Greatest WrestleMania, uh, um, Greatest Royal Rumble, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I keep making that mistake. And then I yeah. think at Backlash. Uh, we'll have uh, Buddy yeah. Murphy take the title off of Cedric, but I don't want to see Cedric lose it. You know what I mean? That's the thing. I, yeah, Cedric Alexander, it, I actually don't want to see lose it. I want to see him yeah, be good at this. For those of you who didn't watch the Cruiserweight Classic, Cedric, Cedric Alexander, I think, was it a was it a first round match or was it a quarterfinal? Where he um, he took the pin 
and he's doing his curtain call, and the, the crowd's going, please sign. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I love, uh, I forgot, but yeah, the audience really likes Cedric. Yeah, they're chanting, they're chanting, please sign Cedric, and Triple H comes out from backstage, puts his arm around Cedric Alexander, gives a thumbs up to the audience. Mm-hmm. And because you know if Triple H likes you, then... You're set. Yeah. And I think, oh boy, sorry guys, my voice is still gone. Um, yeah, I think Cedric Alexander is going to have a great run with that title. I really yeah. hope so. He, I mean, he deserves it. He's. A, I honestly, in my personal opinion, he should have won that thing way, way long, back. long time ago. I mean, but you know what I also really loved about it was instead of just putting the title on him after Enzo, you know, because he, I believe he was supposed to take it from Enzo anyway. Um, instead of just doing that, uh, they built up this tournament mm-hmm. and allowed for him to really win, like yeah, they did it and win. And also, I think uh, the next pay per view <coughs> backlash or the Greatest Royal Rumble, they'll give him a lot more time. Yeah, play, more they, more than twelve minutes. Yeah. Yeah, they deserve a solid. I would say seventeen. Seventeen yeah. minutes. I think everybody needs more time, but like that, those two needed to really go, especially because it seemed like both of them were like really. They're getting like Shawn Michaels Undertaker status, like you know where they were both like kind of out of it, mm-hmm. um, and like one person just like struggling. You know, they were out there really quickly. That like I like twelve minutes. It's like yo, bro, like. <laughs> Y'all are y'all yeah. are the most fit people on this division. You shouldn't be going twenty minutes without feeling like it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're not fit. I'm saying that the story had to be told. That story that they told there, should have taken longer. There's a lot more to the Cedric and Mustafa story that we still haven't seen because like on two hundred five live, Cedric came out to give his champion speech. Mustafa Ali came out and said, "Hey, you kicked my butt. You earned it." Yeah, and I think they're gonna hold on to it. They're the two top. They're the two top. They're gonna run that the division together. Um, that's really just what's going to be. Uh, Gulak. I think Gulak's going to take the title off of Cedric, but I don't think it's going to be. And then I think Mustafa's going to. Look, not the point. We'll get into that later. Yeah, I mean, Buddy Murphy's point. also in the, court, in the in the picture. Yeah, so we then got we, a solid four, and I think I like that. Yeah, then we had uh, the Women's Battle Royal. Uh, this match was kind of clunky. Just, I, mean, I think that's going to happen if you have a mix of, of the main roster and NXT, which you have to do with the women. Cause yeah, because you, the you know, roster's not as deep. Yeah, because you know, you, you saw Dakota Kai, you saw Peyton Royce, you saw Peyton Royce, you saw Bianca Belair. I saw Bianca Belair. Um, you had the you had the moment with Bailey and Sasha where Bailey comes out in the black and gold, and you figure, oh, could this mean a heel turn since she's going darker? No, she has sans colors. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I realized that in the moment, but then like it's it's such a departure from what we're used to seeing her uh, ring attire wise. So. I'm pretty sure I've seen Bailey. I know the point. Point is, yeah, uh, the great moment where it was a lot, you think it's the last two of them. Bailey knocks out Sasha. You finally get that moment, and then she loses. Which to, to Naomi, Naomi of which, all like, people. Don't get me wrong, Naomi is great, and I love Naomi to death. But like, I don't know. Not it, for the battle royal. It just felt weird. It was like that's cool, but like, I think it would be better if Bailey won that. Yeah. Unless we're doing a storyline where Bailey just can't get it right and leads to a great... I mean, at this point, I think Bailey is going to be the one that turns heel on Sasha. She has to because it seems like Bailey's really playing the story of, I just can't do it. Yeah. Like, even though she finally got Sasha Banks out of the ring... I think that's probably it. Even though she finally got Sasha Banks out of the ring, she still can't do it. And yeah. I think that's kind of the story that's going to... Like, Bailey turning heel would probably... I mean, I wonder how she would... I wonder how she would do because, you know, Bailey is such a great person. I love Bailey to death. Um, but, like, and I think Sasha's a better heel as a character, but, like, who knows? We'll see. We'll go down that line. I guess 
But one of those two are turning heel on each other. Yeah, because uh, they got their grudge match on Raw next week. Yeah. And moving on to the main card, the show opens with the triple threat for the IC title. Seth Rollins, the champion The Miz, and Finn Balor. We, I could tell that the fans wanted so badly for Finn to go over, but Seth Rollins is the one who, who got the victory. Because I think Finn is over enough that he's never really going to need a belt, but Rollins is getting a push and a half. Eddie has feelings on this. I don't want to talk. Just, just fuck it. Move on. <laughs> talk about this match. It, it was a good match, I don't though. Care. You can talk about it. I hate this. I hated it. I mean, I like the match. Stupid fucking ending. Well, the the okay, fine. I'll, I'll riff on it for a couple of minutes then. The Intercontinental Championship. It's always supposed to belong to the company workhorse. These three are all great workers in the ring. Finn Balor. I I thought he was going to win, even though I wanted Rollins to. Um, it was great. That, that's all I'm going to say. I enjoyed the match very much. I mean, Miz wasn't wrestling like the heel. He took he sent the Miz Tourage back to the locker room. Rollins went over after landing two curb stomps, or I'm sorry, blackouts on Miz and Balor. Um, I popped. Uh, 15 and a half minutes long. Great way to open the show. It really got the crowd uh, got the crowd going. But since you don't want to talk about it, uh, since you love Finn, and I can't blame you. Let's uh, move on to the SmackDown Women's Championship. You had Charlotte Flair against Asuka, championship versus The Streak. And yeah. great match. Great match uh, in probably the match of the night. In my opinion, yes, that's agreed. Yeah, and Swerve of the Night, Asuka taps out. Yeah, that was the most surprising thing, actually. Uh, Roddy Strong turning heel was great. Asuka tapping out. I mean, honestly, okay, so it's okay to have it. So Nick, our friend Nick, who went with us, very disappointed that Asuka tapped out. However... There's nothing wrong with tapping out to pro- probably the, the greatest things. women's wrestler on the roster right and now. And on top of that, Oscar was gonna make. It's either Oscar's gonna tap or Charlotte's gonna tap. It only solidifies the ability of the move. And also, it's okay. It's okay to have someone. It is. It is okay to have someone tap out. Yeah, like it's we fine. we talked to a lot of people um, on Bourbon Street and in New Orleans who were not okay with with Oscar losing. I'm going to say what I said to a bunch of other people. If Asuka won, yeah, that would have been great. But to keep her undefeated streak going for a year until next WrestleMania when she was when she was rumoredly going to drop the title to Ronda Rousey. Would have just been, we would have been all very, 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 I mean, because. It would have got boring. Here's the other thing. I also hated that Asuka beat Ember Moon at SummerSlam. So I've been wanting, to be honest, I've been wanting the streak to end for a while, but in a, like a, a good match, not just like on some episode. Yeah. It had to be at WrestleMania, it had to be at Brooklyn TakeOver. It wasn't at TakeOver, it had to be at Mania. And also, it allows for Asuka to go on to do something else. Yes. Asuka's going to get the championship, but it also allowed for Carmella to cash in successfully. Because would we have wanted the streak to end on a cash-in? Hell no. Not at so, all. So... And, you know, we're doing this on Wednesday, so you guys have probably seen SmackDown. But the point is, like, Asuka is... The logic just was there. And also, losing the streak... Yeah, she lost the streak. That's fine. That's, that sucks. But she's going to come back, and she's going to want to kick some people in the fucking Yeah. Head. Yeah, it's going to... Because if she won, it would have it would have just been a rehash of her of her original NXT not, streak. Not, 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 also, here's what the... Charlotte is... An amazing is an amazing wrestler, but she's also not undefeated. So now it opens the door to say, "Well, Bailey and Sasha, who have actually beaten, who have beaten Charlotte and Becky, who have beaten Charlotte, can also step up to Oscar in a realistic way, because if Oscar had beaten Charlotte, then every woman would have been irrelevant at that point. So now, um, so now we have this opening of like, it's kind of how I feel about Brock Lesnar. 
Like, Brock Lesnar runs train through the entire roster, then whoever beats Brock Lesnar is going to have um, all the momentum in the world. Is going to... It's kind of like they climb the ladder, right? But if... So, but if Charlotte beats Asuka, we've already established the one that Bailey can do it and beat Charlotte. Sasha can beat Charlotte. Yeah. So now it's just like... Oh, well, that immediately puts everybody at the same level again. That's pretty cool. You know what I mean? I'm okay with that. That means that Asuka's not just not beatable, unbeatable, but it also raises the stock of every other woman on the roster. And, yeah, because even in defeat, like, her stock is through the roof right now. Yeah, I mean, freaking Ruby Riot has beaten Charlotte. You know what I mean? Like, that suddenly means that Ruby Riot uh, could be, you know, be the one to take down Asuka. So it just, it just really shows that, like... All the women are, are, are a little bit more of an even playing ground, and I like that more than what's currently going on on the men's raw roster scene. So, um, but, you know, shout out to both women. I loved it. Uh, I thought that. Yeah, were, I mean, you, you saw me when that happened. I was I was sitting there like with my mouth open, like, what the hell? Just oh, I happened? had a, I had a, I cheered the hell out of it. I mean, I didn't call that. I mean, we all thought Oscar was gonna win, but you know, having Charlotte win, it was like, man, you know, if you're gonna win, if you're gonna lose, boo, better to lose than to a flare, you know? Yeah. Next up, we had the Fatal 4 for the U.S. title. You had the champion Randy Orton against Bobby Roode, Rusev, and Jinder Mahal. Man. We thought that we were going to be celebrating Rusev Day, Eddie, but instead the modern-day Maharaja steals that from us. Yeah, well, it wasn't a very good story to begin with. Um, first of all, Bobby Roode and Randy Orton should be healed. First of all, the only... First of all, it's technically a match be, Okay. This was a match between... This was basically... This was four heels going at it. And that's why I think this match was terrible. Um, and also the fact that Rusev did win. But you have Jinder Mahal is a very established heel. Randy Orton, who will just always be a heel. I mean, that's yeah. just what he does. He's just a great he, bad guy. Even, even when he's a face, he's like he's so edgy and tough that you're like, you're like please don't hurt me. Not edgy? Nah, dude. The guy's a, he's just a jerk ass. Um, you, you know what I meant, though. Bobby Roode is a natural heel. Who just suddenly became a face for no reason. But Bobby Roode, I mean, the Bobby Roode lottery, like, thing, like lines like that. I've been watching Bobby Roode's career for years. The man is not a face. The man is a yeah. pure heel. He's yeah, a he, he went from He went from being NXT's top heel at TakeOver Brooklyn. To being a goofy face. Yeah, that. Like catchphrase. Oh, like, oh, I lost the title as a heel. Two days later, I'm going to squash Aiden English. Yeah, and then, and, and so, and then you have Rusev, who is not a face. He's a heel, but he's not. He hasn't had that like that established face turn. I mean, the, the face heel dichotomy has changed so much since the brand split. No, I agree a hundred percent. But you know, it's just like there's got there hasn't been a moment where Rusev is just like Rusev's just been facing off against faces and losing. So it's like it hasn't been as fully established as a face. So you've basically had two people who should be heel. And two people who are heels. So now suddenly you've had a four-way, and then Jinder Mahal wins. And Jinder Mahal won because he did such great work this year. Yeah, and I don't, I, people are going to say this match had terrible booking. And I'm going to say there's a big difference between terrible booking and good heel heat. Jinder Mahal is someone who you do not want to see have a belt. So it makes sense to give it to him because um, then you're going to boo him. And also, uh, Jinder Mahal will... It's better that Jinder Mahal... I mean, I would have loved for Rusev to finally have a Rusev day, a Rusev moment, a WrestleMania moment. I really would have. Yeah. However, when Rusev takes that belt, if, if Rusev takes that belt off of Jinder Mahal, it'll be huge for his career. It would be big. Um, 
And Randy Orton's going to be facing Jinder Mahal at Backlash only because he never got... He is, he is the former United States champion, so he does get a rematch, Klaus. Yeah. Um, that's uh, but the, the spots were decent enough. It was it was, okay. it was less than 10 minutes. Really, it was Really, everybody just wanted a pop from Rusev. And then when the RKO happened, everybody was very disappointed. People booed Randy Orton. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, when did it, sorry, I meant on SmackDown. People booed Randy Orton when he won. So yeah, I mean, like, like, I mean, you know me. I, I'm a big Randy Orton fan. He should not have won the number one contender's triple threat. Yeah. He should not just, have won. It's just... Um, also, weirdly enough, Jinder Mahal and Rusev have a lot of history. I mean, let's not forget, before both of them ended up on SmackDown, they were feuding. Yeah. They were a tag team for like a minute that beat up on Enzo Amore, which in hindsight was a very good thing and uh, well-deserved. And then uh, they both went to SmackDown just and didn't really talk to each other. Jinder Mahal spent the entire time trying to get, before this trying to con- convince R- Rusev to not join... That he shouldn't be in the number one contender match, but Rusev did it. So there's more of a story between the two of them than there is anybody else. So I do believe we'll be saying more of this. Um, but I would have liked it if it just happened at Mania. But maybe they just figure, give it another day or two. But that being said, Rusev is going to get buried uh, at the greatest Royal Rumble. So mm. We'll see. At least he's aware of it. That's the thing about Rusev. At least he's aware of it. <laughs> Yeah. As long as you're aware, you can move on. And Rusev, he's just going to be. They're just going to continue to bury him because it was announced uh, this morning. He's at the greatest royal um, ro- greatest royal rumble in Saudi Arabia. He's got a casket match against the Undertaker. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I think once that's over, he'll probably get a push up or something. That's I mean, a good seg- That's a good segue because we're going to go out of order with the matches here. But sure enough, Undertaker showed up to to face John Cena. Yeah, three minutes. It was awesome. Less than three minutes. It was awesome, though. It was awesome. Yeah, because he finally kind of made things right in the Big Easy. No joke. Oh, yeah, he did He did that. And, and, also, and he looked like he was in great shape, too. But also, it was just... This wasn't going to be a match. This wasn't going to be a good match. Who cares? Like, it was it, it was already way past its time. No, 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 no. This was exactly what we all wanted to see. We wanted to see John Cena... Uh, we wanted to take a show up. We wanted to see John Cena get a WrestleMania minute, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, it was fun watching John Cena in the fan. He really was in the fans the entire time. Yep. Um, Elias comes out, is a troll, so that was a lot of fun. It was yeah. just good reaction. I mean, say what you will, but this was the biggest, like, this was the most people were into WrestleMania for, you know, like, we may have been tired, but this was, the like, the most, uh, you know, like, consistent that everybody was into this, into this show. You know what I mean? Like, uh, John 100%. Cena. 100%. Yeah. From the very beginning of the segment, so... We're all very attentive. We all liked it, and then when it was over, we all were like, "We're tired now." Mm-hmm. Um, well deserved. I liked it. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people are like, "Well, two, two stars out of five. and I'm like, "Yeah, but I mean, like, what else did you like? What else did you want? They knew this wasn't going to be a fucking classic. The age of Undertaker classics are over. The age of Undertaker coming in, kicking ass, and leaving is well underway, and I'm okay with that. Um, he should retire, though. He should retire at some point. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going to be in Saudi Arabia just because, you know, the company need, wants him to be there just to make an appearance. They'll probably, like, if that, if that uh, casket match lasts more than five minutes, I'll be shocked. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Oh, phenomenal match. Excellent match. Just so exceeded weird. expectations so in every weird. way possible. We, we saw the angle slam. We saw Ronda going at it with Triple H in the ring. Oh, so good. Ronda, this was also the longest match of the night. And Ronda held her own. Ronda sold. 
Rhonda never felt like she was out. Of, like I never thought to myself, man, Rhonda's way out of place here. No, Rhonda felt like fun. Rhonda was taunty. She had attitude. Yeah, yeah. she's great. I love. I I always liked Rhonda Rousey. I was very hesitant to get into her when she was when she first debuted in WWE. But my goodness, I am so on board with this train. She, I, I may not be like, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna like be, say that I'm gonna buy a Ronda Rousey shirt, but like, I like Ronda. I mean, honestly, I like her a lot. Uh, not gonna be my favorite women's wrestler. Like, she probably won't be my favorite women's wrestler because again, I said this before, I'll say it again. Not a huge fan of MMA people coming into the wrestling ring and just like taking spotlight. Um, but I think she is committed to this craft, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, she definitely. Um Answered the bell because I, I was very happy to see Ronda Rousey in WWE, especially as a babyface. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just because she had such a heelish attitude during her during her UFC run. I've told you I've met Ronda Rousey. Right? No, you didn't tell me that. Oh, I met Ronda Rousey. She um, she used to work at a bookstore in Florida, and uh, she came to do a book signing, um, back in twenty fifteen. This is like right around. This is right before I met you. Okay. Um, this would have been like this would have been uh, da, 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 this would have been May of twenty fifteen. Um, so right before you moved back up to New York. I actually I moved up. I had already moved up back to New York. I went back down um, to visit my girlfriend's time and work like three. I was like working like the last two weeks at the job. I mm-hmm. had two weeks. I was working there for two weeks. Yeah. I wanted a book signing, and she was just like the nicest person. She I also said that. she also was like, "It's kind of weird that all these guys are wearing tap out shirts because like I could probably beat them all up." Um, <laughs> she was like very fun about it. She was just like very fun. Her like boob fell out at one point. She was like, "I gotta go fix my boob." Um, oh, but I mean, it's, my girlfriend at the time told me that um, she was just very polite, very nice, very friendly, very funny. Everyone loved and her, you, and you can you could she tell shook hands with everyone. She like hugged people. You people could tell up into up from the Royal Rumble when she debuted at the end until now. She is thrilled to be where she mm-hmm. is, and I she think, said as much. I gotta be honest. I think the only reason she was getting heelish and and UFC is because one, she probably was told that she should be. Two, she was probably getting really angry because people were probably giving her a lot of negative attention. And, and three, Dana White's a dick. And three, I don't think she wanted to be there anymore. Yeah, she didn't want to yeah. deal with Dana White anymore. So she was just kind of like, I mean, maybe not Dana White, but UFC. I mean, the poor woman, like, Ronda Rousey, you know, just, I don't, I think that was, I think that was purely just, she just didn't want to do it anymore. That being said, I know she has problems with, tra- I, I've heard her say some pretty transphobic things. Um, so I do have to, like, put that press, that on uh, on point and say that I am well aware that she has said some problematic things. I don't know where she stands anymore because she's not in the UFC. Um, but <coughs> uh, we can look into that and maybe I'll change my and I'll probably change my mind if she's still like walking around saying things. But uh, I, I've liked Rhonda. I like Rhonda. I mean, you know, I think her statements were made more out of ignorance and hate. So um, yeah, I think if she really knew what she was saying and how much it hurt people, she'd be. Very sad. Yeah. Um, next on next on the card, though, we had the triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. You had the Usos, the New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers. Five minutes, 50 seconds, the Bludgeon Brothers go over. I like this match. I yeah, like, I mean, it was exactly, it was exactly what you need to do. Because the Bludgeon Brothers, you want to make them look like absolute monsters, like even booking them leading up to this match. Oh, yeah. They, they murdered go, the just, Usos. They murdered the New Day. The New Day, come, the New Day and the Usos come together, try to beat them. They can't. Uh... 
it, you know, to, it, you know, they are monsters. And Eric Rowan finally got a title, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah, I think I think that we're gonna be we're gonna be seeing the Bludgeon Brothers have a good long run with the tag titles. I think we'll be seeing them until. I mean, uh, we might. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, we'll probably see them for a bit. Um, I don't think there's currently a tag team that could step up to them. We'll probably find out soon enough, though. Um, who, I mean, who would be a good tag team to step out of them? Uh, I mean, the Usos are going to step up. They're going to get shot down. New Day are going to step up. They're going to get shot down. Benjamin right. Gable are going to step no, up. They're going to get shot down. Ascension can't even take them seriously. Breezango is not, not happening. Uh, even if you were to move the bar, anybody uh, on from Raw over, the bar, I mean, the bar is going to be busy. Anyway, the bar is a cornerstone. You can't move them. But if you do... See what you could do. You could be heels anyway. You could do this. You could have a war machine come up, but that's not going to be for that's wow. not going to be for. Also, they're while. probably going to be heels. Yeah. Um, Austin Payne or anyone up? Uh, there's going to be. There's nobody. There's nobody in NXT. It's going to be somebody who be like a, a pair of wrestlers that we least expect to be the one to to take the belts off of them. They're going and I, we can only hope they tell the story accordingly. But I've. We've wanted Luke Harper to, to be a champion for a good long time, be it as a heel or a face. He and Rowan have such great in-ring chemistry. Yeah, Luke Harper hasn't held the championship since an Intercontinental Championship back in 31. Yeah. And um, and even still, he just has, like, the fact that he and Rowan are working together, but there's no Bray Wyatt association. Let's, let's see what these guys can do on their own without being attached to another superstar. And they're great. I'm still stuck on the tag team that are going to try and take him down. I mean, it it doesn't matter. Maybe it'll be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at some point. We we don't know. Um, but speaking of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, let's talk about Daniel Bryan's in ring return. Yes. He and Shane McMahon defeat Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. If Owens and Zayn win, they're rehired to SmackDown. Um, it was it was a typical build of the match. They Bryan got knocked out of it early, so then they're just kind of beating up on Shane. Brian comes back and just cleans house, gets them to tap out to the yes lock. Um, probably the pop of the night, besides Oscar tapping out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, what more can be said about this match? Daniel Bryan came back, looked amazing. Um, yeah. They really built. It ran a little long, this match, though. Yeah. I mean, th- this match did not need 15 minutes. Yeah, but it's nice to see Kevin Owens the same. First of all, Sami Zayn finally got on the main card of WrestleMania, so let's yes. just let him have this one. Um, and second, uh, it was great because you got to see Daniel Bryan, like, they, they like, brought Bryan out, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens attacking from behind, kind of robbing us of that moment of really getting to see Bryan. So the first thing we get to see of Daniel Bryan when he comes back is not getting started with a technical in-ring debate. No, he came yeah. in with a hot, he started off with a, he started off his career with a hot, a re, his, the re, his rebirth with a hot tag. Great way to do that. Like you, they they were like, it's finally time, and then they like just blue balled us just a little bit more. Yeah, and that's really what was needed. That was great storytelling on my on their part. Now, in terms of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they lose this match, aren't rehired to SmackDown. They fight to a double count out on Raw the next night to try and get get um, get a, get one of them a spot on on the red brand. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with them from here because you said, oh, they'll they'll just keep attacking Daniel Bryan. They'll show up at some point. Yeah, I mean, if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn aren't actually fired. Uh, yeah, of course. They're gonna. This will be a fun storyline. It's always good to see them both. Uh, we're gonna see them both with their backs against the wall. Yeah. And that'll be fun. That's all I know. That'll be fun. Yeah, it, um, it will be. They fun. have not let. 
As of now, I can say for certain that they have not let Kevin Owens down. Kevin Owens has not let anybody down in a single storyline. So I'm just going to keep writing this wave. I mean, I can't think of a single bad Kevin Owens storyline except for Goldberg, but that still kind of counts. And, and, that, and that really wasn't on Kevin Owens. That wasn't on Kevin Owens. And also that was the same. That's still the same as um, the Jericho storyline. It was just a bump in the Jericho storyline. Correct. But there has not been, in my opinion, a bad Kevin Owens storyline yet. Yeah. Um. Uh, so you know, I think we'll get, I think we'll get a lot of. This will be fun. It's interesting. It's different, and mm-hmm. that's most important. I'm on board with this. I think they're, they will go back to SmackDown as they should. Um, I think the Raw was just a red herring, or at least they figured they'll probably show up in the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, they got fired from the WWE, so they flew to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> they'll, 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 they'll probably take somebody out backstage. I just think it's so funny, like, the idea of, like, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn being like, we're so dedicated to getting our job back, we're going to independently fly to Saudi Arabia. I don't know if you know how expensive tickets are to Saudi Arabia, but just... You know, you know, I, I'm curious right now to see, like, all right, um, apparently, let's, let's go to Google Flights. <laughs> Storytelling alone, that's just ridiculous, because you got a bunch of guys who are fired, so instead of going back to Canada... <laughs> They go to Saudi Arabia to get into a coliseum to attack. So I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's so funny. From New York City to, let's see, Jeddah. Yeah. Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Flying out on, let's say, we'll say Tuesday, April 24th. Flying back Saturday the 28th. Uh, no, do the 27th, just to be on the same. Do, 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 do the 26th. What it would actually would be like if they left, if they were just like, we're buying these tickets right now. So if they're flying out the 26th to fly back out, like, a couple days later? Yeah, like the 30th. Uh, a round trip, the, let's see. What if they get stuck in Saudi Arabia? What if they don't have enough money oh, to get God. back? Uh, either way, it's it's a minimum $1,000 <laughs> per round trip. <laughs> it's so stupid. I love it. Um, okay, yeah, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. You know what? Yeah, you, you can boys. You can Let, boys let's move on to the next match. To the next match of the evening. Now, this match, uh, I am not ashamed to admit, I almost started crying at the end of it. Nia Jax against Alexa Bliss Love for it. the Raw Women's Championship. This match was everything it had to be. Uh, Nia Jax is a mo- is a monster performer. Yeah, um, she is so good at what she did. I love both entrances. Um, Alexa comes out as a goddess. Yep, and Nia comes out wearing like. Just, like, it's not exactly... It's like it just felt like a... Re- I don't know what it was about it, but it just felt so body positive. Like, I'm comfortable with my body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, usually she's wearing full, like... Full covers, but th- this was, like, like somewhat see-through. Somewhat see-through. It was beautiful. It was a very beautiful... And she ro- rocked it with confidence. The audience was completely, like... Just, like, just, like... Yeah, no, I, like, you know, they... Because I, I want the record to show, like, bef- before this happened, like, I, I've always thought Nia Jax is an absolutely beautiful woman. Yeah. Like, because... And just, like, the watching her in interviews, watching her in, like, a she's WWE a nice 24 person. documentary, she's just such... Such a genuine Good, soul. Person. It's like, you can tell that she's just so thrilled to be here. She's... It's all, she's still almost overwhelmed. She has and, such good. She's such a confident. Person. And between her being being a being a plus sized woman and Alexa Bliss, who struggled with an eating disorder in the past, the story was good. And the and the fact that they're best friends in real life. I don't think I don't. I think the storyline. So this storyline also is amazing because I remember earlier in the year Nia Jax spoke out and said, "I am getting bullied in the locker room," and. I think that's, you know, someone... Yeah, she left the company for a little bit. And I think that's so great that they told that story because there's a lot of people... Like, you know, I grew up a fat... I grew up a fat kid who was bullied for his weight. And 
you know, like I, I thinned out and I like, you know, but I still feel very self-conscious about my body uh, every once in a while. And watching this match, I was just like, or just like seeing the storyline, I was like, I've been there, man. Like I've been there just wanting to be like angry at this like punk little piece of shit who wants to just like call me fat. And then I realized, and then, you you know, and then I, especially watching the storyline, I realized like I was bigger than that kid. I could have like crushed that kid to death, but I didn't because I just felt so bad. And just like watching... That storyline, especially the WWE pull off that storyline. So, like, maybe it wasn't perfect, but you can tell that it was, like, a message. It wasn't yeah. going to be the best match in the world. It was a good match, but it was a message. It was it a was- message to believe in yourself, and it didn't, like, force that BS star campaign on, their, on your ass. Right. It just, like, it was like, hey, whoever is making fun of I in the back, I hope you're watching the storyline because you're in the, you're in the Battle Royal. You're probably not winning the Royal Rumble, and she... Uh, the battle royale, and she is in the main event. Uh, she is close to the end of the card. She is winning the women's title, and I hope you learn your lesson from this. Like it felt like it felt like whoever is making fun of her back there should be like really like I feel like a moment of someone being like, you should be ashamed of yourself for making fun of her. This is what happens. And, and just the look on Nia's face after scoring the pinfall over Alexa Bliss. I, I mean, there are so many different looks of pure unadulterated joy. And you could see the look on her face, like after after the ref count three, she was. It was clear she was crying, but she was just so happy and overwhelmed. And like yeah, and I was, and watching I her, was so happy for her. I, oh god, I'm getting, I'm getting emotional thinking about it right now. And watching her like come, and then like people immediately like you deserve it. And then she came out on Raw the next day. We saw her on Raw, and people still were like, "You deserve it," and she does. Especially when you think about last year, how far she's come. Like she's on a fatal four way. She was on a fatal four way for the women's championship. Kind of an afterthought in it. Yeah. Um, had just had her streak broken for no apparent reason. Yeah. Um, she's she should have won that title multiple times. Right. By now, and I love that she did it. I love that she did it against her best friend. And and you and you know for a fact that once I got backstage, Alexa just jumped on her and just gave her the biggest yeah, hug and, you know, told her, and, and told her I'm so proud of you. Yeah, you know it's great, and I I really I would actually watch Total Divas just to watch like segments after Mania. I'm not a huge fan of the show. I really like to skip into it every once in a while. But I've always been very interested in the Alexa Bliss Nia Jax. Moments. It's one of my it's one of my guilty pleasure shows. I'm not like I'll admit just because you know so you need a trashy reality so a reality show sometimes. And even though it's very keeping up with the Kardashians, the fact that it's it goes behind the scenes of an industry that I've loved for coming up that this November I'll have loved for 27 years. Dang. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. I think I'm at. Uh, 15. No, 16. Yeah. 17? I started watching in 2002. So I'm at 16 now. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I really, I just, I was just so proud. I mean, I really wasn't like, again, like I mentioned, it wasn't going to be the best match. Alexa Bliss is not the best wrestler in the world. She's a great wrestler, but she's not like a technician. She's a good storyteller. That's and what you, she does. And you could tell, for Nia, this match was not about the championship. This, this is was a, about inspiring This was people. about This was about getting the respect that she that she and so many others deserve. Yeah, and I think that's amazing. And honestly, uh, kudos to Nia Jax. Yeah, I really also... I, I really hope they, they let her have the belt for a long time, because she, she could be a great champion. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's a good time. This is what I love about this time of year. We don't know. It's fine. Yeah, because now, um, now that WrestleMania is over, we get to... We get, it's pretty much the end of WWE's fiscal year, at least from a pay-per-view standpoint. Yeah, so we're going to wait for a bit. Um, yeah. Well, she hold it for a while? I don't know. I think she'll probably drop it back over to... Is she going to drop it back over to Bliss, or she's going to drop it to whoever turns heel in the Sasha Banks-Bailey situation? 
I, I think that's that's one hundred percent accurate. And she's and she's got a, a great buddy with her, uh, Ember Moon. Ember Moon, yes. Who Ember Moon will probably. Um, I think Nia Jax will always be a cornerstone in her in her business. It will be a very a cornerstone in. Re- Basically, she got the moment. She became the champion. I think it's perfectly okay for her to lose it uh, a little early because she. And just to build a new story, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it'll, it'll depend, but like I, I don't, I don't want her to have the championship just to like okay, we let her have a moment. Transition. Yeah, she, she 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 should not. She is not and should not be a transitional champion. I'll give her. I, I honestly, I'll give it. To, I'll give her till about maybe either SummerSlam or Survivor Series. She if won't she, be a champion by next WrestleMania because that championship does change hands so fast. Yeah, and, and if she and if she holds the belt until SummerSlam and loses it there, I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. I'm okay. Yeah, because like that, that, it's a long enough run with the title that keeps her in the picture. But no matter keeps what, her relevant. But no matter what, I can say this: Nia Jax has really left. In my opinion, I think Nia Jax has made a bigger impact in this company than a lot of other people. Um, well, yeah, because besides her, the only other plus size wrestler I can think of, like the one that comes to mind, is Bull Nakano. Oh, plus size women wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, not, not just that, but I mean, just like, like she, they told a great story. I don't know. It just, I think it's gonna be one of those moments that we're gonna look back on and go, that was really great and good for Nia Jax and like. Really, Nia, if you're listening, we are so goddamn proud of you. You earned this. Do great work with this championship because you've got a army behind you. Yeah, you have an army behind you, and I I love you. Anyway, let's move on. I love, um, I love Naya, too. I think that might be the longest we've talked about. I, that was unexpectedly the longest match we've talked about. Yeah. And I deserve it, though. Yeah. Um, next, next match we've got uh, for the WWE Championship, uh, the phenomenal AJ Styles against the winner of the Royal Rumble, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, it was a it was a good match, but like I said, the crowd was starting to get a little tired at this point. The crowd was getting tired. It was promoted as the dream match, which like I've already seen this match, so I don't really need to do this again. Yeah. Um, I'm still think I'm still wondering who the fuck Braun Strowman's partner is, and on top of that, I did not. I this should not have been the the second, the third to last match. Yeah. On top of that, this felt like it was gonna be a part one anyway. Yeah. So you know they went twenty minutes. They had a great match. It didn't feel like twenty minutes. I'm gonna say it, it did not feel like twenty minutes, minutes at all. Uh, great entrances. Uh, well, let's just skip to the me. Oh wait, let's do this. No, no, no. Well, now, first off, let's talk about how instead of the phenomenal form, AJ Styles wins this styles. with the Styles Clash. So I think the Styles Clash is going to start becoming his uh, finishing move again because he's done it on enough people that uh, I'm playing WWE Mayhem. I'm going to tell you right now, Styles Clash is stronger than the, the phenomenal form on this game. I gotta download that when we're done. It's actually here. a lot of fun. It's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. It's just a t- it's just like a tap. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll, I'll have to download and it. And the graphics are fun. Actually, let me see if I can download it. Yeah. Um, uh, either, either way, um, the highlight of the match was Nakamura turning heel at the end. Wait, what? Nothing, nothing. All right, yeah. So it's it, turning heel at the end. He's, like, presenting the belt to AJ and then low blows him. Comes out comes out on, on SmackDown the next uh, two nights later, cuts a promo, and then, and then Renee Young asked him, oh, um... YJ hit him below the belt, and he just goes, sorry, no speak English. Which everyone loved, because yeah, that's what everybody was like, oh, the biggest problem for Nakamura is that he can't speak, is that he can't speak English, and it's like language barrier. And he's speaking better English as a heel. And he's actually speaking better English as a heel. And also on top of that, it's like, Nakamura spent so much of, like, he's not going to be like, I don't think this is like, oh, Japanese foreigner, uh, heel turn. I think this is more like, 
they're acknowledging that he's just going to be an ass kicker. That's what it's going to be. We're, we're about to see an, uh, a side of Shinsuke Nakamura that at least the casual uh, American veins have not seen. Yeah, I've seen this one before, though. And I'll tell you, Nakamura is a better heel than he is a face. I agree. The King 100%. of Strong Style is yeah. such an arrogant name. He was part of Chaos. I mean, Nakamura is going to be good no matter what. But him, but not, but like, right, a we're, big old jerk, is so much fun. Especially on American television, he's entering uncharted territory. Yeah, and on top, and what's really fun about Nakamura turning heel is uh, when AJ and him faced off last time. They were uh, AJ was the heel, and Nakamura was the face. So, so I think it's just like, oh, it's also the WWE's way of being like, we're turning, we're doing basically the exact same storyline, just like. Uh, well, our company gets to be the face this time, and you get to be the you know like, you know it's basically kind of a little bit of a shot at NJPW, yeah. Well, like kind of recognizing that we're kind of in competition with you guys, right? And it 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 still feels like oh this is gonna be good because Nakamura also let's remember Nakamura's most hunting style is kicking people in the face, right? And that's a pretty heelish thing. Yeah. How brutal do you think his knees are about to get? Because they I mean, I mean, we saw it on SmackDown when he did when he did it to Daniel Bryan in the back of the head. Oh, his Kinshasa's are going to hurt a lot more. He's going to throw a lot more weight around. Yeah. He's going to really hurt people. And on top of that, he's going to be up against some of the best sellers in the business. Yeah. Start to, people are going to start giving storyline like like. Sorry, I but like um like who like who could he just he's just going to start? I mean, kicking people in the head is just such a like. A bad guy thing to do, and he's going to be so good at it. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I can't wait to see more of it. Uh, we're, we're running, we're starting to run a little long, so let's get to the last two matches very quickly. Um, Raw tag team titles: Cesaro and Sheamus, otherwise known as the Bar. They come out. Braun Strowman comes out, and the grand reveal of his partner, Nicholas. Nicholas, a ten-year-old from out in the audience. Look, who, Nicholas is going to have some fun chance. People are going to say things like "We want Nicholas." People are going to say "Nicholas is legal." Clap, 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 clap. Nicholas sucks. All right. No, I'm kidding. He's a 10-year-old kid. Look, this should have just been in the beginning of the show. So that yeah, because, look, look I, I understand you want to, you want to like, really have Braun Strowman make the transition to, you know, as I heard someone use the term big boy baby face. Yeah, I like, I like uh, the story. I, I like it. I think it's a cool idea. Um... Five hours in, and that's the reveal. Like, I just, it just is so. At that point, like, look, I, I respect what you're trying to do, but it, at the same time, that's making a mockery of the championship. And also, if he had picked a real fan, I would have been like, wow, that actually is kind of cool. He picked a plant, so it's like, uh, yeah, it's like because because like when Santino Morello won the IC title in Italy. At least they did that under the guise that even though he was a plant, they did it under the guise. Okay, it's just a random guy in the uh, in the crowd. It was an episode of Raw. It was the beginning of the episode of Raw, and it didn't feel like I waited five hours through WrestleMania because we kept thinking, okay, like it's going to be Big Show, it's going to be Big Neville, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio. It's, nope, it's Nicholas. Yeah, and just for them to win the match. Has there ever been a um, a wrestler named Nicholas, by the way. I think that's actually a very good point. I've never heard of a single wrestler named Nicholas before. Nor have I. Mm. Uh, at least not at the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just for them to, A, win the tag titles, then go on Raw the next night and say, and Braun says, hey, i got to relinquish the tag team titles because Nicholas has to go back to fourth grade. They had to give, they just, they had to give Braun something to do. Honestly, they could have just thrown Braun into... Um, 
the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match, and I would have been so much better. Yeah, let's talk about that match because, because oh my god, probably this match has been lauded by you know Wade Keller, Dave Meltzer as one of the worst main events in WrestleMania history. Oh, this is bad. I agree 100% because 15, almost 16 minutes long, everyone thinks, okay, Reigns is finally going to get over Lesnar, and the crowd just wasn't into it. They were more fascinated with some friggin' beach balls. Yeah, and I will say this, I've hated beach balls since their inception. Um, it's like the whole deal is you're going to have Roman Reigns kicking out of the F5 constantly, and bra- and apparently they called an audible mid-match where Brock, you know, he took his gloves off, busted Roman open. Yeah, Braun There's Strowman blood wasn't everywhere. supposed to... Braun Strowman, first of all, was not, apparently not supposed to win. The second of all, his contract was renewed in the middle of the match. You mean, you mean, Bra- you mean Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar, sorry. Yeah. Brock Lesnar wasn't supposed to win this match. It was not supposed to win this match. His contract was, uh, was renewed in the middle of the match. Yeah. Uh, um, after the third F5, I believe Roman was supposed to kick out to a huge pop and no one... Nobody cared. cared. People were screaming, this is awful. Yeah. Uh, and it sucks because, like, you know, it, it, what's crazy about the whole situation is that it wasn't even a good match to begin with. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, we're being dicks. Yeah, because like, you, you can't... You, I'm sure there are going to be some people saying, oh, it's a long show, people were tired. No, like, yeah, I was tired. I was ready to go to bed at this point. But it just like the match wasn't good. Like Brock, I don't know. Brock I don't know what else to say about Brock it. Brock Lesnar hit three move, two moves. It's not just that Brock Lesnar hit three moves. Okay, it's that Roman Reigns also only hit three moves. Brock, yeah, he didn't do the drive by. Not a he single drive by. He didn't do a Samoan drop. Nope. He didn't do that cool power bomb thing that he does, where he like gets, the, the sit up power bomb. The sit up yeah. power bomb. Brock Braun Strowman. I expected more from Roman Reigns. Is really the thing that gets me. This was Roman a gl- hit Superman punches and spears, and that this was a glorif- it was a glorified squash match. It was bad. Now, now the rumor that's been hap- the rumors from backstage that have happened since this match because you know Vince called the audible. Apparently, after the match, he and Brock got into a verbal altercation. They had to be broken up, and Brock threw the universal title at him. Dave Meltzer is reporting that Brock's new contract with WWE is a short-term one because he's also currently signed with UFC. Yeah. Um, they're facing off with each other again in a steel cage um, in Saudi Arabia in a Which couple of weeks. I will probably turn that match off and just wait until someone just tells me what happens. Uh, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I will watch the Greatest Royal Rumble. I will be boycotting that match. I mean, I, I don't know how I've, I don't know what I'll be doing in that match, but like if if Brock goes over in that match, I will be very upset. I'm not watching it. I don't care what happens because I have given. I will tell you this right now, Vince McMahon, and I hope anybody who's listening to this, and I hope anybody who, um, I will go. I will go and tell all my wrestling fans that friends this. I will not watch this. I will watch the show, but I hope, I pray, that they see the numbers dip. In that segment, when the moment that segment starts, I hope they see the streaming numbers dip by a lot. Yeah. And then if the greatest role happens afterwards, because they they save for the main event, then which they should. Then once we all figure out what happened, like, oh, it's over. Okay, cool. We can dip back up. Then we can show we're not against the product. We're just against that specific match. Yes. And we can show because I I support the wrestlers. I support. I would love. You know, I'm gonna support Rusev. Uh, I'm gonna watch Rusev get buried. I will. I will watch the greatest Royal Rumble. I will watch every single match. That one, and don't get me wrong, I don't blame Roman Reigns for this. I don't think Roman Reigns is bad, but I will no longer be supporting a single segment there. I have Brock Lesnar on my television or my computer. The moment Brock Lesnar is announced for anything, 
I will not be out with however Paul Heyman's by himself, which he usually is because Brock Lesnar never shows up anyway. So if Paul Heyman's by I'm cool. I like Brock. I like Paul Heyman. But like the moment Brock Lesnar is even shown anywhere on my television, I will be turning it off. And I don't blame you. Um because Brock, because Brock Lesnar, I mean, because we saw at Survivor Series in his match with AJ, AJ Styles, he it looked like he at least gave a rat's ass there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me rephrase that. Um, once he loses the title, I'll start rewatching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. But until this, until he's hold, if he's still holding on to the title, I am done with the Universal Championship. That Jolly Rancher is finished. <laughs> Jolly that Rancher. fruit by the foot is done. SmackDown has always been the superior show. And I respect that title. I'll always respect the WWE Championship. That Universal Championship was created for no reason other than to... First of all, the Universal Champion... Okay, I don't have a lot to say, but I'm not going to anymore. I'm just done. I'm done with Brock Lesnar as Universal Champion, and I will not be watching that championship. And it's going to be so easy because he never shows up anyway, so who cares? Yeah, it's just Brock Lesnar, he's overstayed his welcome as a champion. He's not only... Yeah, he's overstayed... Yeah, I don't give a Brock Lesnar as a singles as a competitor without that championship. Right. It's like, look, I, I understand. I, we said this on the prediction show. I get that Brock Lesnar's a draw. I get that the crowd's going to pop for him. There is no reason for him to be a champion. Undertaker hasn't held a WWE, uh, a WWE championship, uh, a WWE a championship in the WWE since twenty before twenty six, and every match he's had, and 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 he's still a draw, and I like him. You, Triple H hasn't held like, Triple H held the WWE Championship um, for 32, but only to get Roman Reigns over. And even then, it didn't really work. And then it didn't really work. What I'm just trying to say is that the WWE Championship, the Universal Championship, should not be on the hands of part-timers. Now, The Rock gets a slide, because The Rock won. He won the championship. Still shut up. And I'm yeah. Like, you get a slide. The Rock will always get a slide in my book. And now, now, not only that, like, in the... On every episode of Raw leading up to this WrestleMania match, they were booking it like it was going to be, you know, a street fight, no holds bar. They're, they got chairs involved. And yet, they're just a regular singles match. It just goes to show how Brock is lazy and just doesn't care. Last time it was a notice squad. Well, actually, that's not, that's not true. Um, there have been three notice qualification main event matches in WrestleMania history. I, I mean, think that's about right. 17. 32. 20. Oh, wait, was Triple H versus Roman Reigns on his qualification? Yeah. Oh. Well, no, no holds barred, yeah. Oh, 33. Undertaker versus Roman Reigns was announced. Yep. And uh, technically, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker 26 was only because they were like, the only way to win is through submission or, or pinfall, not through disqualification. I don't yeah. think they really used that too much. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, they were just like, basically got rid of the count out, is basically. Yeah. Other than that, so this could have been a great way to, like... It, there was so much that they could have done with this match. Why didn't they just do the steel cage in, in, in WrestleMania? Well, yeah, because the way I see it, because I understand how you kind of book things on the fly and Brock has a new short-term contract. You have a steel cage WrestleMania main events since WrestleMania, too. Yeah. It's, it's, like I said, it's just a matter of, like, Brock says jump, Vince says how high. Um, I'm just hoping... I hope and pray that at Grace Royal Rumble in Jeddah in a couple of weeks that um, that Roman takes the belt. I hope so, and I will find out via Bleacher Report writers, but I will not be watching that match. I'll text if he, you. If he, does, if he does take it off, if he does take it off, then I'll rewatch it. Yeah, of course. Then I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Um, I will not be watching it live, and I won't even be watching it on the network. No, no, no. What I will do... 
is I will watch it. I will illegally stream that match. Yeah. I will make sure that they have no money. I they will not. But if he wins, if Brock Lesnar wins, best believe I'm not tuning into the third hour of Raw ever again. And fortunately, it's just <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the episode of Raw after the fact, it was just like Bobby Lashley came back, Ember Moon debuted. We had Authors of Pain. Jeff Hardy came back. Yeah, from I mean, injury. I mean, at this point. Do we really have to talk about the? I don't think we should talk. I don't think we should talk. We about really that. need to because I because on um on what's it called the um on SmackDown you had uh Peyton Royce and Billy Kay come back. Carmelo in the championship. Yeah, it was great. Nakamura kicking in around the back of the. Look, just go and watch those. Uh, you don't really need our opinions on any of them. They're both great shows. Uh, don't let us tell you what to watch. Uh, except for Brock. Actually, no, let me tell you what to watch. Do not watch Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Just wait until someone tells you it. I know that sounds ridiculous. I know we as wrestling fans do not like spoilers. I get it. But we have to really start stepping up our game when it comes to telling Vince McMahon what we want what we don't want. He, I I like Vince. I have no problem with Vince. But he's a little out of touch. And I hate this. So if you could help me out. And also, let me tell you something. After everybody out of that stadium walked out. This was the quietest. I, I, I just watched 78,000 people walk out. Not only pissed yeah, pe- off, people but depressed. 78,000 people walking out. Every one of us in the rain going, man, that sucked. For like an hour. We had to like get really, people were getting really drunk and complaining about it. So I tell you, when that, I see, That was also a big reason why I kind of went home earlier than I just because I was so bummed and pissed about, about the main Yeah, event. so when I tell you that that crowd was... Yeah, well, people are, oh, the crowd's not really into the match. That crowd really was not into anything that was going on. So the, the crowd was great. You put the WrestleMania crowd... Uh, you take the WrestleMania crowd and you put it anywhere else, it would have been amazing. But that WrestleMania crowd walked out very... Disappointed, very disappointed. Yeah. And I'm gonna say this: I think if Finn won the, I think if Finn won the Intercontinental Championship, that wouldn't have happened. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. We'll see. Anyway, uh, that's the end of the show, folks. Uh, Eddie, give him your Twitter, why don't you? It's Inspector Gadget for life. Oh, life. Uh, but on the whole, you enjoyed WrestleMania week. Yeah, yeah, solid A plus. Solid I lo- plus. I, I, I love WrestleMania week. Find him on Twitter, Inspector Gadget. You can find me on Twitter, JB's Roll Three Two Eight Six. Like us on Twitter, uh, no, on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at VidVault Podcast. Wait, actually, play the Undisputed Era theme to compare the two. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, here's the New World Order. And here, let me pull up Undisputed Era as well. Undisputed Era. Shock, 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 shock. This is the... Yep. So, if you've already heard... Tell me these are not the same theme song. Yeah. Very similar. Anyway, find him on Twitter at uh, Inspector Hadget. Find me, JB's World 3286. Um, VidVault Podcast is our Twitter. That's right. Uh, this is JB. This is Eddie. Don't forget to lock up, folks. <laughs>